Welcome to Empowered Mind Body Inspiration. The mind is the map to wholeness, wellness, health. The heart is the key to genius and inspiration. Join me and my guests as we explore how to release and rewire into who you truly are unique, whole, and empowered. Please like, share, and subscribe. Spiral up, spiral out. Welcome, everyone. Today we have Jeannie Nangle. Jeannie is a soul coach and author of The Thought Store and The Butterfly Silhouette. Welcome, Jeannie. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yes, so excited to have you. A soul coach. Isn't that a beautiful thing? And let's start with your story because I believe it all started, is it 13 years ago when you woke up in the night with this idea of your book? And you yes. must have been going through some pain at the time. Yes. So the what it occurred is um, that my husband, um, you know, twenty three years uh, had passed away, and it was it was unexpected. But um, leaving, you know, me and my, our two young sons, who were eleven and seventeen at the time, and so I was um, I was grieving and I was lost, and um, and I to be honest with you, I was not a very um, spiritual person or a very new agey or woo woo person, whatever the term might be. But um, I was kind of very, very grounded and, and just dealing with my grief that way. And so when I was, when I awoke in the middle of the night with this idea for a book, I mean, I didn't even think of it as a book. I was just, I just felt the presence of something much bigger than than me and my ideas, and I I just I sat down. And I started writing what I call even auto writing, automatic writing, and I wrote and wrote and wrote. and And while I was writing, I was not in my in grief. I was not in the place that I'd been for two years of lost and heartbroken. But instead, I was in a place of spirit. And I wrote this beautiful idea of a story of a caterpillar who doesn't believe she can be a butterfly. And she doesn't believe that there's a bigger place in life, you know, and, and, and I, I'm Jewish, I'm not very religious, so I don't speak in, in those terms. But it hit me that night with, with the voice of my caterpillar of, is anybody listening to me? And so that was the tone of this story is, is anybody listening to me? Because I have things I'm afraid of, things I want to do, and I feel alone on this path. And so that's what I wrote. And, you know, long story short, two years, uh, I I hired a mentor who's a phenomenal writer out of San Francisco, because I'd never written a book. And he walked me through the process. And I came out with something that I think is a very beautiful book that I'm actually resurrecting now and going to be putting it back out into the world again. But, but that book and the other thing I have to say about that story is that uh, my husband and then um, visited me in a dream and told me I had bigger things to do with my life. And I think that that book was the genesis of that was kind of the beginning of me finding my voice as a, um, almost as a spiritual leader I came up with the term soul coach, but to help people connect with that part of them, 
that feels part of something bigger. Right? It's going inside and recognizing that part of you that is connected to everything. Yes. Yes. And not so easy to do when, you know, my, the people that I talk with often, they, they struggle with that part. You know, spirituality comes very naturally to some people. Religion comes very naturally to some people. I was not one of those people. And I have such empathy for other people who are not. And I even have respect for it because there's this like, it's, it takes a lot of courage to walk this path without belief. And so then the question becomes, you know, what do you believe in? You know, and that's different for each person, but that's a beautiful place to, to be and to explore. Right. And often I think that, you know, we need people like you who came from skepticism to, you know, what you are today as a soul coach to help bridge that gap. Yeah. Thank you. I I know if you don't, if you haven't been skeptical, then you don't know, you don't, (laughs) you know, and I think that's part of my soul's path is I wasn't meant to understand this, but David White, the poet says, the sacred otherness of life. I think I wasn't supposed to understand that so I could find that place so I could know that path of being lost and then found. Mm -hmm. And so many of us feel unheard, you know, unseen, alone. So just tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, um, that's that's so true. (laughs) Um, You know, a lot... I grew up with a a challenging childhood, like a lot of the people that I work with and, you know, an alcoholic parent and that kind of thing. And so, you know, those first five years are so formative and we do feel very alone. You know, we feel like, boy, this thing's going on in my life. And who do I talk to about it? The two people I trust the most, I can't really talk to them. And so you just, you just, you know, keep your head above water and you do the best you can. And then we come into adulthood and we've refined that habit of doing things on our own very, very well. But unfortunately, I think it leads to to us feeling this sense of not belonging and loneliness that you know, that's not a good way to live and and that was the case for me, you know, just feeling like what the hell? You know, I, I feel so different than everyone else. <laughs> and, and so, you know, that's when I, when I might was kind of calling out to something bigger because prayer didn't come naturally to me. I never even thought about that. And I don't know if it's the Jewish religion, which I love more the rituals, or I don't know what it was, but that was not my go-to. <laughs> and so for me to say, is anybody listening? I mean, that comes from a really pure place, you know, and when you can be in that place and say, is anybody listening? And then you get like this answer that's kind of big and hits you over the head, like, you know, oh, write this book or write, or here's an idea. That's like a, that's like a coming to Jesus moment is, you know, some Christians would say is like, wow, when you have an experience like that, where you're saying, is anybody listening? And then you get this great thing to do and this great message to deliver. That is very impactful. And it's, it's a life-changing thing. Yeah. Cause then, you know, there's more than what we see, right? Like it's much bigger. And you don't feel so alone. Yeah. 
Yeah. You feel like, okay, I have this thing I want to see through, and maybe it's just me and whatever's um, with me on this path, but now I'm not alone. Now it's me and this idea, me and this project, me and this mission. And, and hopefully, you know, and then it grows from there where you feel like, boy, and there's some people who want to hear about this. And there are other people just like me. I'm not on an island by myself. And, um, and that has been, you know, huge for me to feel this tremendous sense of belonging. That belonging um, theme has been really, really big. And it can often come from helping others. The belonging. Yeah. 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 It's true. And, you know, I, um, for me, it never came from a place of, I want to help other people. (laughs) And if I'm being honest, it more came from a place of, I feel called to do something, to, to do something. You know, and, and I didn't know, but it didn't come from like some people I talk with just want to help other people. And I, I'm so grateful for those like angels in life, but that really wasn't where my heart was. I was just like called to, (laughs) you know, to just, to just express myself. That's what, that's the net net of it. I felt called to express myself and whoever benefited great. Yeah. Interesting. And when you were writing it, you said it felt very automatic, like it was just flowing. Was yeah. there any feeling that came with it? Or just describe that experience a bit more for everyone. Boy, that's such a good question. Um, you know, I think that feeling of being in the flow, you know, that I, I, I don't even know. I have this feeling wheel that I always rely on that I think, boy, is that a feeling being in the flow? But, you know, that feeling of connectedness and warmth, and um, happiness, joy, you know, all of that from feeling, you know, ultimately, you're doing what your soul was put here to do in that moment. I was put here in this moment to write these words and to convey this feeling. And as long as you can stay in that feeling of, of flow, you know, that one, it's really, really fun. And two, you know, you're kind of doing what your soul is here to do. But that's, that's so cute. So thank you for asking that. But when, when we're able to connect with how it feels, um, then we're out of our heads, right? And, yeah. and I tend to go right to my head. So <laughs> I appreciate yeah. you asking. Yeah. And often I think if we can just discover what our soul path is and why we came here, that's, like huge. It's the biggest reason we came probably. It's so huge. It's so huge. But what happens is people, I have for some reason this desire to work with women in their thirties, maybe because I feel like I started my spiritual path in their, in my thirties. Um, and, and, and then into early forties, but where you're really in that questioning mode and, and you really want to, you know, you want to know what your life's about, but it's not so much about only career. You know, people, people, when they're thinking, what is my soul path? They're thinking largely, what what should they do as their career? And, you know, what, what I think is so interesting is that it isn't, it's so much bigger than that. If, If you think about what am I here to give and what am I here to learn? Then you start connecting in a deeper place. 
you know, when you, because you can give in ways that aren't a career, you know, maybe, maybe your soul's path is to help this one person through life. You just, it's so individual. It can be so specific and you're right. Knowing that early on, you know, it's kind of cool because you know the path you're on, but this rush to know, I don't know if we, you know, it's more just being in a place of let the path unfold in front of me, you know, guide me where you need me to go. I want to go there and to be in that kind of conversation with your, with your own spirit guides and soul. Right. Just to be willing and just yeah. to ask for it willingly. The openness, yeah. the, openness yeah, the openness and the yeah. joy of the path. There's no destination here. This is like, enjoy, you know, enjoy and, and not every day, clearly <laughs> no one enjoys losing people they love. No one enjoys being heartbroken, but the more you work through those things, and that's part of destiny too. That's part of your soul's path is the more you heal and move on, the freer you are to, to, you know, to walk that path. And sometimes that pain is the catalyst we need, isn't it? To, to I, want to know. I couldn't agree more. And, and that's what's so hard. It almost feels like a cruel joke of the universe, but it is true that, um, that that pain is often the catalyst. You know, it has been for me. That's for sure. It's like it gets your attention, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, like you want it so badly to get out of, you want out of this dark place that now you need to know, right? Yep. Yeah. 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 Pain is a great catalyst. And, um, and so maybe that's, you know, the reason for it. I don't know. I often get, you know, I think, oh, why do people have to struggle? So, you know, it's such, it's sad. It's unfortunate Mm -hmm. for all of us that we are put through this (laughs) when, you know, believe me, even because this, I I live in this world of what are our souls doing here? And then I think, gosh, I hear all these stories. And I think it's so, it's so hard to have to walk this path with an open heart when, you know, it's not easy. When tough things happen. Yeah. Yeah. And to keep your heart, keep your heart open when harsh things happen. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, planet Earth is quite the playground. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Tell us more about the butterfly silhouette. Well, um, so ultimately, the butterfly silhouette is about 12 principles of metamorphosis. And so it's, and that's why I'm resurrecting the book. I'm going to make it more of a teaching book. Right now, you know, it's this flowy, um, lyrical pose. But it's going to become a much clearer, here are the 12 principles that when you follow them, you will reach your destiny. So the caterpillar, you know, she starts out in her boring life and she she has self-doubt and confusion and, and really her life is meaningless to her. And then at the end, she steps into her silhouette and becomes a butterfly. And so on that journey, she goes through these beautiful winds, excuse me, winds and, and curves. And she 
she has to jump into a, a puddle, which is a well of all healing. And she has to fight off beastly bugs, which are her own fear and doubt. And, and I just love the setting of the garden, the peacefulness of the garden and the naturalness of it to tell this story of that your sadness and your heartache and your pain, awful as they are, they can be a gentler than you think. Um, I don't wish that on anyone, but I felt it myself. And, and I know that as I relaxed with that, this is just part of it. I, and I didn't resist being sad. It was easier. It was just, I would call it gentler. And so that's part of the, you know, the caterpillar. Oh, I, I just have this image of her in the, in this puddle and she's deep within the puddle, um, trying to heal her life trying to find some reconciliation with the heartache that she's already experienced. <laughs> and of course, telling it from a caterpillar's perspective, it's not so painful because, you know, it's hard, hard to imagine a caterpillar in deep pain. But I think that that was kind of an easier way to convey that message of we feel it to heal it. Right. So that, that's a big part of that transformation that she goes through. We, you know, that's another point of the book is we don't transform by thinking things out. We transform by feeling things out. And you can't avoid it, right? Unfortunately not. Unfortunately not. Are you familiar with um, David White's The Poems of Self-Compassion? No. Tell yeah. me about it. It's like, like I've listened to it a thousand times. And frankly, a lot of the inspiration from the book came from that. But he talks about in Beowulf, which I guess was written in the 1500s, they, they, the people, this, the characters in Beowulf have to go deep into the well, and he calls it the well of all healing. And it's being willing to go into this dark place and then emerge. And it's put so poetically and so beautifully that it really, I heard all that way before I wrote the butterfly silhouette, it opened me up to that it's okay to have a dark side. You know, I, I frankly am a very by nature happy person and optimistic person. The truth is I was cutting off my own darkness and it doesn't work. And that's part of what I love about the soul work is that we are both, you know, we're dark and light, we're shadows, we're in, we're, we're in the light. And, and the more we embrace all of that, the more comfortable we, we become with ourselves. Well, that idea is, is on his poems of self-compassion and he conveys it through Beowulf, but that image was in my mind and it's, and it's followed me through all of these, you know, principles of metamorphosis where we can really tap into self-acceptance and self-love by accepting that we have darkness. Right. And often that darkness is just where we've been in like dark places, painful places, right? Yeah. yeah. It's our mean? own heartache, you know, our yeah. own heartache. We, it's heartbreaking to not get what you need in life when you're in whatever phase of life. It's heartbreaking. And to have compassion for that little girl or little boy and, and hold their hand and help them heal so that they can be who they're, you know, who they're here to be. Right. So yeah, it's compassion for yourself. It's, it's self-love really. And it is in, in, uh, in the book, um, 
the 11th principle is, you know, she's stuck. She's at the bottom of this puddle and she's stuck beneath a tiny stone. Okay. And she's thinking she's going to perish at the bottom of this puddle beneath this stone. And, you know, what was this journey for? And she finally gives in and, and just leans into the stone and says, I love you. And you don't know if she's saying it to herself or to a higher power, but that surrender of I love you is so powerful in the book. And that's when the stone moves and, and, and she's able to come out and emerge from the puddle and go do what she's meant to do, which is be a butterfly. So I, I think that that surrender, you know, it's such a cliche now, and I even hate saying the word, <laughs> but it's so true. It's so true to surrender and just say, I love you anyway. Right. I, 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 I practice it surrendering with insects that are annoying. <laughs> Black flies, mosquitoes, you know, they're buzzing around your head. Oh, and when you, when you surrender to them and say, I love you, often they disappear. It's kind of crazy. I but. never <laughs> even thought to do that. How cool that you actually are living that. That's really like you'll say that and you find they fly away. Yeah. They stop bothering me. Yeah. Fascinating. All right. It's, I'm going to try that. <laughs> yeah, it is fascinating. You're like, whoa. And you, ha you have to say it like with compassion in your heart that I love you and I surrender to you. <laughs> Boy, if that isn't proof that we're connected, right? that there's an energy, yeah. if, if nothing else, but the fly is picking up on your energy. <laughs> right? It's crazy. So it's such an expansive world, isn't it? Yeah. But that surrender is like what you're saying in the book is really, really important. And it really is. You like know, we fight to, to, so hard, right? Like we're just fighting to get our way or to make this better. And I don't know, sometimes that's the key. It really is the key. You know, um, if you're interested in surrender, Oprah Winfrey does this beautiful on visionaries. I don't know if you've ever seen that show, but it's now years old, but I found it on the internet and I've, I've seen it like a hundred times, but she talks about surrender that, and she was trying to get the color purple as um, she wanted to be in that movie, but she didn't had no acting experience. And the way she tells that story and in <clears throat> her willingness to surrender, <clears throat> it told her that, it really showed her that her, what's possible for her is far greater than she can even imagine. And I really do hear that message because for even for myself, like the life I'm living now is so much greater in every way than what I could have imagined. And so surrendering to the bigger plan for your life, well, you know, there's a lot of flow and peace in that. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Yeah. Love that. Yeah, yeah, because you really can't imagine it, like what it could all become. But right. Yeah. And so sometimes limitations. Yeah. And so sometimes if you try to steer it too much, you miss you miss the boat. <laughs> you do. And you're or you're going in the wrong direction. I mean, that's that's the thing is that we are really co-creators of our life. You know, we're not like on this destiny path headed to someplace we don't want to go. It's not, it's not that we have a say in it. And this has yeah. been my experience of it. We have a say in it and 
the powers that be have a plan. And it's like we work together to execute that plan. And surrender is part of it is, you know, you know, let's use the example. I want to be in love by the end of the year, you know? Okay, that's cool. That's your plan. You know, put it out there. And now we'll see, you know, sit back and see if that's what unfolds. But your job is to clear off your plate so that you can receive love by the end of the year because that's your plan. But the universe has a plan for you. Maybe the, the person you're meant to be with won't be ready then. And so you have to just stay open and and not doubt and not be afraid and not try to fix it all to the way you want it to be. That's a nowhere road. It won't work. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, you can't control how it will happen. And no. Whatever it you, will. I mean, you have some control. You You clear off your plate, which is you don't keep yourself busy with the wrong people. <laughs> you don't, you do your own healing work so that your heart can receive love. And there's all these things you can control and you do all those yeah. and then you surrender. Yeah. But surrender yeah. is not, I'm going to kick back, man, and see what comes down my path. It is being actively involved in clearing the funnel. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cause action is as important as surrender. I know. Yeah. It's true. Crazy. So good. <laughs> and what about the second book? So, yeah. So um, I, the second book is the thought store and it's a futuristic company that um, sells thoughts. Okay. So I pictured, and I love this book so much. It doesn't seem to get as much spiritual attraction for some reason, but I love this book, but picture um, the future and you walk into a store and there's all these clouds of thoughts because they're high vibration thoughts and they're all floating toward the ceiling and you decide what thought do I need today? You know, what challenges am I having today? I'm going to buy that thought because it's going to help me get through the day. I love this idea. And I called, you know, obviously it's called the thought store. But the funny thing about it is the store manager is really negative and skeptical. And so it's about his, him, find, you know, finding a way toward less negative thinking. And the people in the book, you know, they die of what I call solidification because they have such negative, dense thinking and they die from it. And it's it's kind of, a, it's a crazy, cute little book, but but it has tremendous power. Because, you know, our thoughts do have a vibration. They do affect us physically, but they're not enough, you know. And that's part of the book, too, is that we have to, again, feel, we have to feel our emotions. So you need thoughts that allow for that. You need thoughts that say, I feel pissed off and it's okay. I feel angry. I feel hopeless and it's okay. You, that's all part of it. But, but the thought store is, um, it, it, it's my next project. You know, after I relaunch the, the butterfly silhouette, um, the thought store will be my next project because, because people really are drawn to positive thinking. They really are. They just need the tools. And the book has eight simple thinking habits that I've taught in hospitals to nurses and clinicians and, um, those eight simple thinking habits, if you really did them every day, you would be a much more positive thinker. And that's that's the promise of the book. Yeah. Well, I don't think um, many realize just how profoundly their thoughts affect 
their body, their surroundings, their future, right? It's much bigger. They don't. Than, You're yeah. exactly right. They don't. I have this exercise to do with people where I say, okay, say the words, you know, th- imagine someone you love. Now say the words, you know, I love you. And now just notice how your body feels. Okay. And people all go, you know, they get all warm and fuzzy and because the, they're thinking of someone they love. And then I say, okay, that's great. Now, and I hate to even say this thought, but, you know, think of someone who's causing you a lot of pain and think the words I H A T E U. <laughs> but, but think that thought. And immediately, you know, everyone notices that their body tenses up. They, and I'll ask, you know, what do you feel? Well, my, my temperature rose, my, my stomach's in a knot, my, my throat has a lump in it. There's a direct correlation between the thought you just had and what you physically are feeling. And yet we have 60,000 thoughts a day and we're pumping constant negativity through these bodies. It's dangerous. <laughs> so, um, yeah, 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 yeah. People don't realize the damage they're doing. I mean, serious damage. Yeah. Let alone the unconscious thoughts that are, you know, programmed in our early years that we're unaware even affecting. That's such, thank you. Yes. Because those 60,000 thoughts are not voluntary. You know, I've tried to look up like what percentage of them are voluntary, you know, maybe 5% and the rest are those unconscious thoughts that are just coming at us. However, as we do the emotional work, you know, over time, we, we change the quality of those thoughts, you know, because practice makes perfect. It's, it's practicing. We are not stuck with our crappy thoughts for our whole lives if we don't want to be. And sometimes just realizing that they're there, right? And that they really shouldn't have quite the control they do have, like saying quiet shh. <laughs> to those yeah. Thoughts. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, that's like mindfulness about thoughts, right? To, because mm-hmm. people, what I hear all the time is I, I can't stop thinking them. I don't want to think this way. And I know they're, they mean that and they're, and their hearts are in that they don't want to do that to themselves. It's just happening. So it's like this mindfulness of, oh, there I go again. You know, I call it a downward spiral where you realize that maybe I'll walk, you know, our air quality is yucky right now. And I'll walk outside and I'll go, Oh, I, the sun, I can see it's all dark red and oh my gosh, our world's going to hell. And oh my gosh, how am I going to survive this? You know, my thoughts can quickly do a spiral, but instead I'll just kind of go, oh, that's really sad. And, you know, I, I feel for all the people that are struggling with that because you want to be true to the emotion, right? And then you say, I'm going to send, you know, send positive thoughts to all those people. And I, I, I'm going to do what I can to, you know, make this day better for somebody. Something like that, that switches that downward sadness about, you know, there is a lot of suffering. Yeah. So, yeah, like just giving it a new spin. Giving it a new spin. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. While also... Because, you know, people talk about toxic positivity. That's a big term right now. Um, It is toxic. That kind of, well, I'm going to be positive no matter what, and that's going to save the world. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't. It it hurts you and it hurts other people to mask your pain. Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. Because we all know it exists, so it's almost annoying. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's tough to, there's a balance, you know, that if you heard of the term, the middle way, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? That's, that's kind of a good rule of thumb with your emotions is to find the middle way with your thoughts and your emotions. Not every day is great. Not every day is horrible. There's a middle way, you know, yeah. and it's not all joy. It's not all heartache. There's a middle way. And, and, and that, and it's a very Buddhist, I guess, or Zen way to live, but I like it. Yeah. I, I often say to myself, if I don't know how to handle this or I'm feeling, you know, very angry or hurt just to go to neutral. Mm, that's beautiful. That's it's, exactly And is that what you're talking about? The middle way? That's really good. I like that. Yeah, no, that's exactly what I'm talking about. And I never think of it like just go to neutral, but I really like that. Because then you're not damaging yourself or the, or others or the future, right? You're just, if you go to neutral, you won't cause any harm, but you're not forcing yourself. Yeah. But not forcing yourself into some um, pattern or place that you don't really need, you know, can't be in that moment. The beauty of, of neutral is neutral doesn't have to be apathetic. Neutral doesn't have to be doing nothing neutral. I read a whole thing about this. That's why I'm keying in on that word, but that neutral can be a really nice place, but I'm not so sure that it has a great connotation. I don't know. I don't know but I like it. <laughs> yeah. You kind of have to try it on and see what yeah, works you have to try you, it, right? on. I, it works yeah. for me a lot. It's, it's, um, you know, that place of, I don't have to engage in this completely, but I'm not going to repress it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Until I figure out what to do with it. Yeah. Right. Which gives how loving is that to give yourself the space to figure it out for yourself instead of, Yeah. Yeah, that's really nice. So in this book, people would come in and they could buy a thought. Yeah. Like they so they could choose the thought they wanted. Yeah, they were on these imaginary bookshelves, not bookshelves, uh, thought shelves. And, <laughs> and after there's categories, there's categories, yeah. anxiety, hopelessness, <laughs> um, fear, and they would buy a thought that would suit their particular situation for that day. Oh, so it could be a positive or a negative thought? No, this, now here, now, very good question. This <laughs> particular, the thought store only sold, sold positive thoughts. There was a store down the street that sold negative thoughts. And it's where people went who weren't, you know, like the bad people went to the negative thought store. And it was kind of in the dark side of town and you didn't <laughs> want to be seen around it. But um, I was trying to convey that, in that the, the dark thoughts, while natural, and we all have them, you know, they aren't really serving us, but, but we're going to have them. And, and maybe that's part of this acceptance. So I don't mean to paint it like you can never have them because I have them every day. <laughs> and I'm pretty mindful about it. And I have them every day. But yeah, yeah this store sold only positive thoughts. <laughs> right. And so when the person bought their positive thought, did, were they instantly transformed? <laughs> No, they weren't. weren't. You know, that's the thing is that you have to set people's expectations, right? Is that we don't transform because we have one positive thought. We have to, like there, it was part of the book that you took the thought home and you had 24 hours to work with it. And if you didn't think it worked for you, you could return it. 
but you have to practice it over time. You know, it's not like it wasn't a magic pill. Right? Oh, I love that too. Yeah. 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 Over time. And, you know, and then sometimes like thoughts get old for us. Like, have you ever found like your affirmations or something that really resonates with you? It loses its meaning. It no longer helps you or like a prayer that you love. And then it no longer like you're like, I liked that. It's up to you to say, no, you know, I'm going to choose something different today. I need something different. I love that idea of going and choosing, going into your little Rolodex in your head and choosing what thoughts you're going to use for that day. Yeah. And as we change and evolve, they would change naturally. Exactly. Exactly. Beautiful. Yeah. And and you're a soul coach. Just tell us what that is. I love that term. You know, um, thank you. Um, And I, when I came up with that, that was again, that, that was just kind of like came out of nowhere. I mean, my, my background is selling computers at IBM and then one day I'm like, I'm a soul coach. You know, it was just such a huge departure from what I had done in the past. But um, what it is, is to, it's kind of a life coaching on spiritual matters. You know, to me, we're all on a spiritual path. And so, you know, I help people look at their lives through that lens of what is best for my soul, for me to, um, to give and learn. And, you know, I'm creating something right now called Soul Circles. So it's going to be group coaching around on certain topics where in a group we get to, you know, look at real life and and how it's serving your soul to, to be in a situation that you're in and how to navigate certain things from your soul's perspective. So it's kind of a higher, it's not just a higher perspective, by the way, because the soul is not all knowing our, you know, the higher self is kind of all knowing it doesn't need correction, but the soul isn't because the soul evolves, right? So the soul is, you know, you can be struggling, your soul can be struggling. And, and so from wherever your soul is at, how will you manage this relationship? How will you manage your family? How will you manage the day? Um, that's what I help people do. Right. And is part of it connecting to their higher self? You know, it is, it is. I, um, I don't hit people over the head with that because, because not everyone resonates with that, you know, and not in, and like you and I might be able to do that because we're in that work, but I'm very empathetic to that. Not everyone can do that. And so I don't want them to feel like they're, they're missing out because they're not feeling their higher self. Right. And so I more say it's important to, um, connect for me, it's, you know, connecting with spirit guides. That's such a big part of my life. So I figure it's shown to me for a reason. And, and, um, for me, I love knowing that I have this team, you know, my grandparents are on that team. My deceased husband's on that team. And then there are beings that I don't even know. But but I feel um, the presence of, of spirit guides. And so for me, I, I say I encourage people to connect each day with, with that sense of spirit. So that I call it, you know, lean into your sense of spirit, that part of you that's unlimited and has all this help. Right. It's it's not science, I'll tell you. It's certainly something that we all come at in our own way. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. And how do you, how do you get people to connect to their soul and how do you get them to even like realize, you know, where that part of them is? That's such a great question. And I ponder it all the time. <laughs> Seriously. <Yeah>. Right? <laughs> because That's what I'm asking because, it. <laughs> you know, it's like when you, when something comes naturally to you, you have to learn how to teach it, you mm. know? And, um, and so I think a large part of that is, is a mindset of it, of I have a soul, I, I acknowledge it, and I believe in it. And so it's the openness that I have this part of me that's eternal, that isn't buried, you know, that's, that's, it's in my body now, but it's also not. And so to just the knowledge that there's a part of you that is not your body, it is not your personality, it is not your ego, that's almost like a mind, not almost, that is a mindset that you built. Okay, so that's part of it is a mindset. And then the other is to be quiet, you know, for there to be time every day for quiet. And that's not easy, right? And, and, and quiet doesn't mean peace and quiet. It's more to allow for guidance, you know, to just maybe it's two minutes a day to just say, I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to listen. And whatever I hear, I hear and whatever I don't hear, I hear. So it's the daily, daily practice of, you know, acknowledging that you have a soul that's here and that's eternal and being quiet with it each day and letting it guide you, letting it show you what it needs to show you. So it requires a tremendous um, open mind, you know, and, and, and readiness, willingness to connect with this part of you. Because I believe that once you really, really want to connect with that part of you, you will. Yeah. But I don't want people to feel like disappointed, like, oh, man, I, I'm not feeling it, man, you know, because that's that then like one more thing you're failing at. <laughs> right? And it, well, it can't be forced, right? It can't be forced. It can't be forced, but yeah. your, your soul wants a voice in your life. It wants it. So if you're here saying, soul, I love you. I'm here. For, I'm here. I want I want to connect with that part of me, help me know the way, you know, this kind of conversation. Yeah. And then stay quiet long enough to listen. Long enough to listen regularly over time. And yeah. then, you know, I have people keep a synchronicity journal because, and do you know what that is? Well, yeah, just seeing the synchronicities that happen in life. They so that Document them. And yeah. color them and draw them. So like I'm on like seven editions of it, but because you almost need proof. You're like, did I imagine that? Am I crazy? Did I, is that real? So in my synchronicity journal, I will put anything in there that tells me that there was guidance in that moment. And so it's almost like on those discouraged days and we all have them, I go back to my synchronicity journal. I go, oh Yeah. You know, I, I forgot that this, this, and this, and this, and this happened, and you guys are there, and and I'm just having a bad day. So that 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 mm. kind of journaling it in whatever way is comfortable for you is also part of that connecting with your soul, right? And a little yeah. reminder that yeah, this stuff right. really did happen, and I matter. 
Yeah. And it's why the soul circles will work is that then then you have a, a community or, or there's this validation or or you aren't having an experience of it, but you hear someone else's story. It's the same reason church works for people, I guess. Um, and I don't go, but um, but that that feeling of um, I'm not the only one, you know, seeing things this way, experiencing things this way. And it's, it's helpful to me to hear that, oh, that's what you experienced. And that helps me to look at my own life. Yeah. I just this morning, I was pondering whether or not I wanted to take a course and kind of going into my heart and listening. And at the same moment, I saw the numbers 1111. <laughs> and, you know, when you see those numbers, sometimes time oh, yeah. stops, like everything stands still. And you take this little, (gasps) and it's like, pay attention to what you were just thinking. And yes, you know, that is the right path. And so that was your guidance in that moment. It felt like it. Yeah. Very strongly. And so, and what's, what's so interesting is, is that, you know, that you notice that and then you follow that and, you know, wait for the next, (laughs) the next little little, signpost. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That says, yeah, yeah, now this is what you're supposed to do. But it takes a tremendous open mind. But, um, but I'm also I have to add, I'm very, very grounded in my approach to having people connect with their own soul. I'm, I'm really not new, new age in my thinking in that, you know, and this is just me, this isn't a dispersion, but I, you know, I haven't been to psychics and I, and I don't know a lot of the stuff that that's in the new age world has not appealed to me personally. And Mm -hmm. so in the work that I do, it's not usually in that direction. I I'm trying and I'm still evolving, but I want people to have a very grounded experience of their own soul and feel, you know, it's the feel that, the soul is here in a body because we're here to do stuff down here. <laughs> and that is not always easy to understand what that looks like. Yeah. Yeah. No, you come from a, like a very unique position that is very needed. So that's your sole purpose. <laughs> yeah. I, I totally think that. I, I mean, I've often thought that I, this is, I often thought of calling it a grounded approach to spirituality but the truth is that's confusing. So it made sense to me, but it doesn't to other people. <laughs> so I don't use that wording, but it's how I think of it. Because spirituality is like the party that soars, right? And I'm saying grounded approach, you know, but to me, it's it's the work we're doing here on the ground, you know, that, that um, it's just, it's, it's fascinating. It's yeah. Fascinating. Well, people, um, you draw those that resonate with you too, right? Totally. It's, so it's, it happens very organically. Yeah, I totally, yeah, that's exactly right. And, but not always. I mean, and, you know, sometimes you draw people, they're not, the, um, they don't resonate with you, but that eventually, but that gets ferreted out pretty quickly and, and that's fine too. Yeah. 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 Well, the beauty is there's lots of souls out there um, and people I think are very curious about those deeper aspects of their being. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I love to talk with anyone who, who wants to explore that part of their life. I love it. Beautiful. And how do people find you? So you could go to jeannangle.com. Okay. My website. And, you know, you can email me from that front page. You can send me a message. Um, you can get on my email list. There's a way to do that from my homepage. And I'm right there. 
Perfect. And we'll put that in the show notes as well. Okay. Thank you so much. Is there anything you'd like to leave people with one last thought? Yes. Yes. Let's see. Boy, what an opportunity. I would just say to um, believe, you know, believe in the bigger picture for your life and believe in the possibilities for your life and, and to do what, what you need to do to fulfill those possibilities. Beautiful. I guess that's it. (laughs) Thank you so much. I've loved talking with you. Loved it. Thank you so much. And for everyone out there, don't forget, don't, don't give away your power to anyone else. Be the creator of your own life. Spiral up, spiral out. Mm -hmm.